Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome back to Recall the Midwife. Today we are talking about Series 4, Episode 3. I'm Becky. I'm Alex. I'm Jen. Uh, A quick reminder that this week's episode deals with homophobia, homophobic laws, racial prejudice, severe poverty, and attempted suicide. So if those are topics uh, you would prefer to skip this time, we understand and hope you join us for the next one. Um, Okay, a quick synopsis. In this week's episode, Dr. Turner discovers dysentery in Poplar. The outbreak is being managed, but everyone is alerted to its danger. We meet Mrs. McAvoy, an Irish immigrant who is pregnant and has two young sons. She and her husband are living separately because they can't find lodging as a family. And when Mrs. McAvoy goes into labor, Trixie and Phyllis discover how bad her living situation in the hostel is. This, in turn, spurs on Dr. Turner and Phyllis to advocate with a county counselor, and he agrees to have the hostel fumigated. Phyllis pushes one step further, and it's her insistence that gets the McAvoys rehoused in a new council flat. We also meet Marie and Tony Amos. Tony works with Marie's father in the family-owned garage, and Marie is heavily pregnant with their first child. Tony is the victim of a honey trap set up by the police to catch homosexual men, and Tony goes to trial. Dr. Turner speaks on his behalf, and Tony is sentenced to a medical punishment and probation, and there is a fallout for their marriage and for the couple in their community. Trixie and Tom take over the Rose Queen parade for the local vicar, and when Marie and Tony are bullied by local housewives, Rose feels she cannot attend the event. Rose gives birth to their child, and she and Tony decide to forge ahead together. Rose attends the Rose... Sorry. I apologize. Um, the Marie is is Tony's <laughs> wife. Oh, it's of the Rose Queen. Okay, let me do this. Let me do this passage. No, honestly, lesson. we're not doing this again because that's too funny. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll just recap. So, Doctor Turner speaks on Tony's behalf, and Tony is sentenced to a medical punishment and probation. And there is a fallout for their marriage and for the couple in their community. Trixie and Tom take over the Rose Queen parade for the local vicar, and when Marie and Tony are bullied by local housewives, Marie feels she cannot attend the event. Marie gives birth to their child, and she and Tony <laughs> decide to forge, again, to get, uh, forge ahead together. Marie attends the Rose <laughs> Queen parade. And Can I just say, we can't, definitely it. can't edit it now, because you've said Marie so weirdly. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not editing it. Carry on. <laughs> You've set a trap for me there and then blame me for it. Okay, Rose attends, <laughs> Marie attends the Rose Queen Parade and it's Tony's cheers that kick off a round of applause for her. Hey, oh, well God. done. Yay, well done. Favorite synopsis in the whole world. 
This was a really tough episode, girls. Golly. Oh, it really, 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 I left, really is. I, and, I, and I left a lot out of the synopsis because I was like, I can't have the synopsis be like 45 minutes long because we just have to rehash it in conversation. But oh my Lord, like so, so sad. So, so sad. I don't sad know whether to one. say this first. I'm just going to do it first and now I've brought it up. But like, I felt really uncomfortable with this episode. Like, obviously the homophobia, obviously the, the uh, racism and all that. That was awful. Yes. But like, mm-hmm. I do feel like there was a, like a theme, underlying theme going on. Did you? I don't know if you got the subtext context here. But well, like, what, what theme did you the think rats it was? Were kind of yeah. the theme the whole way through, and I was like, is that supposed to symbolize homophobe? Ho- like, I think, I, I, think, I think it was. I think, an, I, I think that theme h- highlighted like the things that are part of life that we don't want to deal with. Um, and, and there's various different ways it was it spoken to. It just uncomfortable. Oh, you mean the... Bit, I think, the go ahead, Beck, yeah, sorry. It's the bit with the rats. In, is it the bits where, where the rats are in the street and then Sister Monica Joan yeah. says that those are the ones that need us most? And I, yeah, that was a bit... Because she's making out like, like Tony's a rat. Yeah, that's exactly what I. That's exactly how I felt about it. Like, I just felt very uncomfortable with that analogy. <laughs> but I feel like I feel like they were also like in the course of the episode, like not just including, like, Tony in that, but the Irish. McAvoy family yeah, as well, exactly, like how yeah. the Irish were getting treated. Yeah, but you know, again, that, again, that I don't agree with that. On. I don't know. Well, what they do. That well, maybe it's that comfortable. It did not sit comfortably with me. Well, this this episode was a tough one for these topics for sure. I felt like yeah. it was it put people in very complicated and like honestly kind of negative lights at times. I mean, like Fred really broke my heart actually the way he treated Tony after the trial. Um, I know we'll get there, but um, so let's do this. Should we do Should we do Tony first because that's basically the main story, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Let's talk about Tony and Marie. And I felt sorry for Marie in this. Same. I felt sorry for everybody, but I also felt. Like you would think oh, the sympathy can... would immediately go to Tony, but I did feel sorry for Marie because they're both leading a double life because he's trying to be something he's not, but also she's now in a marriage that isn't what she thought it was. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But also, um the uh just to start really quick about the actor who plays uh Tony. <laughs> oh yeah. Um so he's called Richard Fleishman. Now Becky knows this. I've got his album, I love him. Um <laughs> <laughs> I think he's, he's really uh, do you remember, Jen, when you were over here, he was on Coronation Street as, like, the goth. Do you remember? Oh, no. I don't. Well, his mum's also very famous in real life. His mum, very famous, not in America. So his mum was on Brookside as Jackie, Jackie Cochill. Um, I that was his, it. I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, that was his mum in real okay. life. Okay, um, And he's, he's like, he's not a famous actor. He is a famous actor over here. He's quite famous. But, um, like, he's, uh, he do, he's not on TV and stuff anymore. But he's a really talented singer and musician. He does lots of musicals and stuff. Huh. Um, so I'm a big is fan of gay? his already. Is he gay in real life? Is he gay no, in no, real he's, life? He's, he, no, no, he's got the most beautiful uh, female. Uh, huh, okay. In real life. Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> Just wait, he's got the most beautiful female. Female. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way I said I was going to say fiancé, and then I realised that could be either sex, couldn't it? Well, so I will say, I mean, he, he took his top off in the episode. He's quite fit. I mean, you know, he's he's a good-looking guy. The hair was a little bit intensely styled for me but he's well he's it was the 50s handsome. or 1960 now man. isn't it 1960 1960 yeah 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 yeah. can i just say when they set the honey trap for um well they didn't know who they were going to catch i wanted to see peter be in the honey trap <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't have caught much tra- uh honey in that trap although things so oh, i don't think that so just to explain, um, so Tony Amos is a guy who's in the CDC with uh, with Fred. They show him. It all started in the toilet, didn't it? Because the CDC yeah. were in this public toilet, um, yeah. explaining like he, he killed a rat in there. It was a bit much. Um, I but I think they were trying were to in, show. I don't think they were in the toilet. I think they, they were. Just... They were in the toilet. They were in the public toilet. I've watched this episode three times, Jen, in the last like two days. Oh, okay. Honestly, hundred percent started at the CDC in the toilet because I was a bit like they're not in the toilet, and then I watched it again, and they really were. So they said that they were in the underground toilet because if there was an issue, they'd have to oh, have that's where they'd underground. Yeah, so that'd be the shelter underground, this this underground toilet. Mm-hmm. So it started in there and, and Tony kills a rat like that's in there and everyone's all like, oh, rat. And Tony like shows how macho he is. And, you know, I think that's the whole point of it to show how he's this macho male masculine figure that you'd never expect anything like that. Oh, he's expecting a baby. Uh, so anyway, he's in the CDC. He kills the rat. It's all a bit weird. 
anyway, so he they show that he is a mechanic who works with his father-in-law. He's married to a heavily pregnant woman called Marie. Um, and then after he's finished work one night, he, he decides to go into the public toilet again, but for very different reasons. Yeah, he has a very passionate kiss with a policeman. And an unzipping. And I thought, who's unzipped there, both of them? I wasn't sure if he was trying to get like something to be performed to him or if he was just going to do himself or if he was I thought he did the unzipping I I but he unzipped his but he unzipped his own pants as well and I was like oh I guess I that's what I I mean it doesn't doesn't really matter what they were what they were gonna do but I will say this I also thought it was kind of aggressive even the way like he grabbed the policeman's like hand and then like just pulled him into the super passionate kiss I'm like you, you know like a little more preamble i mean i know but yeah then so immediately peter and another constable run in and catch him and he's like tony yeah tony's like no 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 that's not what you think oh i have a wife like no i can't be arrested and everything and then but what i was thinking surely it's problematic for that policeman who's, who's... well did you see hear peter call him the pretty police because they're yeah. like the bait and everything i mean uh, Oh, just so many, like so many red flags snogging. there. He was full on snogging because I watched it again just to make sure. And then, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's why <laughs> all I that did, investigative because... reporting you're doing. Yeah, but I wondered if he was like, no, I genuinely did though because I was like, is he like pushed him off or do you know? Like, oh. I thought, is he just sitting there and pushing him off and not? But no, he was proper partaking in this big proper snog. Well, but the thing is, it was. I mean, to me, it wasn't even as much kissing as just like mushing your faces together. I mean, it like. Yeah, but like, he wasn't stepping away straight away. Get get off me, whistle. Well, I think I it think was... he was supposed to be caught in the act. I think that's why he couldn't. I think that's why the police officer didn't do anything to stop it because the like prostitute of a policeman. Yeah, I mean, again, so problematic. There's so many things that are problematic with this. Like, I mean, like, oh, just and then so Peter much... coming in being like, "You you done for gross indecency." No, it's terrible. All of the all of the terms around it, like I've written, like a lot of the terms that they use, like sexual perversion and moral corruption, and it's just, it's all very, it's horrible. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah, yeah. And Crim- I also really felt for, I really felt for Patsy as well. So, so he, um, Tony is arrested. Trixie is round at um, Marie's house because Marie Amos is the outgoing Rose Queen. Oh, mm-hmm. just a note on the outgoing Rose Queen, by the way, really quick. How old are the Rose Queens around you, Bex? I, I, we don't, I don't think we have them. We have them, and they're 13. Like, why, why is, like, a 13-year-old? What, what, what is a Rose Queen? This is definitely something only Brits would know. I, I had no idea what this was supposed to say. So uh, we have, like, do... Summer Fate. We have a Village Fate. Okay. And they have a Rose Queen, and then they have, like, ladies in waiting. It's absolutely archaic. Um, oh, but it's okay. something that we still do now. And um, there's, like, literally uh, 13 year old girls. I think would be... I don't think Marie would be in her thirties. Wouldn't she be in her early twenties? Yeah, Even I then, I've never known a rose queen that old. Well, I I didn't think it was that weird. I mean, so what you're describing sounds like stuff we have over here. I never have lived in a town where we've done anything like that. But like, you'll have you'll have stuff like that in parts of the United States where there's like a town, and every year they celebrate like a thing. And you you know you remember that movie? Um, oh God, what's Midsummer. The movie no, 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 the, no, no, no. The one with Kristen Dunst where like. Uh, where they where yeah, they but that's a pageant. pageant this isn't a pageant no 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 it's not a pageant but it's similar because like the character in that like does a parade in the town like through the center of town like on a float yeah. and everything yeah like that. yeah we have a rose and, queen fate that we have the that's... whole parade that goes through the village yeah but maybe that... it's because i don't live in a village that i'm not down with this anyways it doesn't matter what the movie movies but yeah so so that we do have similar stuff but it's drop not dead it's gorgeous not common. drop dead gorgeous that's what it yeah. is that's what it is but, do you know what though it, it put me in mind of like debutantes maybe maybe mm-hmm. she was doing it because it's kind of like a bit of a debutante type thing mm-hmm. and if yeah but just like in the filth of poplar yeah then she could be the rat infested streets of poplar <laughs> yeah oh my god Ugh. anyway sorry Bex I completely rudely interrupted on the uh on the rose queen thing there Mm-hmm. So well, so Marie's um, Trixie's measuring up Marie for her outfit. Um, Peter comes round to tell her that Tony's been arrested, and well, I don't know why I've started talking about the Trixie being there because I wanted to talk about Patsy. Yeah, but it was because it's because he was like at first he was like, oh, she's been in a compromising situation. We caught him committing an indecent act, and she just keeps repeating. Oh, uh, he said a compromising situation, 
And then she was like, what do you mean a compromising situation? And then he's like, well, we caught him in committing an indecent act. What do you mean an indecent act? <laughs> she just <laughs> She's like, understood. spell it out. She's like, spell it out. I don't understand and then he's what you're like, talking about. Us. I'm afraid your husband was caught with another man. <laughs> the shit. Like, yeah. I just... Oh, Paul Murray. Well, um, I think maybe the reason you're you're mentioning Patsy though, Bex, is because because Trixie was there, she's kind of like the first one to know about it and like know what really is going on because it's well, kept she's very yeah. secret. Yeah. And so then the next morning, Trixie's obviously like they're all going through their bags and getting their rota for the day, and Trixie's obviously talking about it with with Patsy and Phyllis. And so then that's I think where they're having the conversation, and Phyllis like Patsy's like, oh geez, because we obviously know Patsy's a lesbian because her girlfriend was in the previous episode. But Patsy isn't going to say anything. And it's just as shameful for a nurse to be gay as it is for um, um, any man to be gay in this time period, obviously. Yeah. And so then Patsy says kind of defensively, like, oh, well, do you have, a, you know, like, because Trixie says, like, oh, this is so upsetting. I feel so bad for Marie. And Patsy's like, well, why? What do you feel bad about? Like, him, you know, him being homosexual. And she's like, no, I don't care, like, who he's cheating with. I care that he's cheating. Like, that was the problem I had with it. Like, what you know, whatever way, you're, whatever floats your boat is fine with me. But, like, I just don't think it's nice that he cheated on her. That's and then the she other says, thing about this, morally, like, like, yes, it's awful that he's gay and he's not allowed to be gay. But, but he did cheat on his wife. And, oh, like, it, and with it, Beck, like it's, it's really complicated. It's heartbreaking for everyone. I mean, and this is... No, this I, is, it's not so much that... It's not so much that he's cheated. I'm fine with that. No, I'm not fine with that. Um, <laughs> but it's more that she's living a lie now. Like, yeah, has did it? Does he love her, or he is ever? it that he's? That's the route. That's what's expected of him. So that's the road he's gone down. Because she was like, "Oh yeah, I, you always close your eyes when you kiss me." Yeah, and I just feel like it's like it is bad that he's obviously cheated, but you can understand why he's done that because he's tried to ignore the fact that he's gay, but he can't. But it's the fact that for her as well, it's not just that, like, can she trust that he ever had feelings for her? Yeah. I mean, he obviously does have feelings for her. But are they more platonic than... Well, probably, yeah. But they don't don't ever explore the fact that he could actually be bisexual either. I don't know. I think it's just presumed that he's gay. I mean, again, I think think this is... Because I was just watching another show. Um, Have you guys watched Sanditon? Have you guys watched that show? Yes. Okay, so Sanderson is amazing. I highly recommend Sanderson to all of our listeners, and I definitely recommend it. Um, Backside, you you have kind of a a blank look, so I'll I'll say I recommend (laughs) it to you as well. (laughs) But in the third season of that, there is a a gay storyline. I won't say more. But the thing is, like, when you, I mean like sexuality I mean as we all know it like is a spectrum and like you know hardly anyone is like all the way one way or all the way another way like I'm sure there's different you know there's lots of shades of you know different things in there and like I'm I don't think that in like I, I mean the system that they're in at the time is what what kind of forced Tony to get married but like he I I do think he has love and affection for Marie I do think that there's probably like some desire or love or whatever that he has for her i mean i but because the thing is he could have chosen just not to be with a girl i mean he could just chosen to like kind of stay a bachelor and go that route like many men in the past did do that um but i mean you know i i at the same time you know maybe he thought also like well i love her this much or i care for her this much like i like her this much like i can kind of close my eyes and like you know get there and then you know but it's I mean it's just hard to also like deny a whole part of yourself that's really really powerful as well so I mean it's you know yeah I I I, the way that they left it at the end I felt like they were gonna find a way to go through it together but I I just don't know that especially when you think about like the social progression as time goes forward for them like the 1960s is still so rigid like so you know unaccepting and everything but like maybe in 10 years maybe in 20 years you know like like tony will be able to kind of like say okay no i really want to be out now and then like he'll you know they'll get to i don't i don't know what's going to happen in the future but then i think where does that leave marie because she's lost her best years (laughs) (laughs) well okay let's not even go into the whole thing that we have he's having estrogen he's having estrogen and she's like we've already got a child like that doesn't matter now and like I get that, but like yeah, yeah. there's so much extra in this as well because obviously, so Dr. Turner acted as his um kind of advocate at trial. Advocate, yeah, yeah, at the trial where he pleaded guilty anyway, um, so to an in- gross indecency, 
Um, and, and Dr. Turner's like, I heard you to the judge. The judge was like, how dare you, little man? Um, oh, the judge was so obnoxious <laughs> and horrible. It was terrible. Um, but anyway, so he was like acting as his advocate, but he was like, yeah, we can basically use, do, we're going to give him drugs, like conversion therapy, basically. And like, he's like, yeah, you're going to grow breasts and have loads of estrogen pumped through you. Yeah. And, um, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I kind of, I kind of took it as like a hormone therapy type of a uh, med- yeah, but you know, it's, yeah, but it's, it's basically to stop him not, having no, those urges. Yeah, I'm not saying that that like makes it better. I'm not defending the the sentence that he got in any way, shape, or form at all. But I'm just saying, like, I mean, I I don't know that he was gonna all of a sudden like, you know, I I mean, I think I think it would, I don't think the side effects were gonna be extremely severe. I think they were gonna be severe in a very, very, very serious way. But I, I don't well, Dr. think Dr. Turner was acting like they were. But anyway, so, yeah. um, so they, yeah, so that was just absolutely heartbreaking. Now, oh, the other thing that also, got me was, oh, sorry, go on. Well, I was just going to say with Patsy as well, when Patsy was listening to Marie Amos, I just felt for Patsy as well because oh, heartbreaking. Patsy's having to hide herself. Um, but she has to listen to Marie Amos kind of refer to one of them and it being so unnatural. And I just thought Patsy yeah. was beyond professional. She yeah. was amazing. She was amazing. But I mean, also, it's not just about professionality. It's the uh, professionality. Is that even a word? Professionalism. professionalism. Um, yeah. It's not even just about that. It's literally about the fact that this is, she can't, she has to stay quiet. She can't be loud about it because she would lose everything. She'd lose her job. She'd lose everything. Yeah. Well, and, and just, and just because we chatted about this on the Tony side of it in terms of like what he quote did to Marie, like Marie has a lot to account for as well because she loved Tony. But then the second she finds this out about him, it's like you know i mean she's she's very tough on him you know she she is so ashamed of him she's so critical of him she's i mean she is hurt and and she has reason to be hurt but like she's like well you'll just take the drugs and then you know that's what we're gonna do and i don't want to hear a word about it and everything like that and it's i mean like she just kind of speeds right through all of those side effects that dr laid out about what what she was gonna lose and it's like oh well you're gonna be impotent and and then she's like well, we have our kids so that doesn't matter to me and it's like oh, whoa 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 excuse me marie like yeah but you've also got to remember what, so dismissive. she went to the 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 rose so we fast forward a bit here but like she went to the actual rose uh practice the rose queen practice bit where she's handing yeah. over the title. rehearsal rehearsal thank you God, what is wrong with me <laughs> i know what's wrong with me anyway um so she she went there and this this the paper was out with, with the whole the news about uh, After about the Tony verdict Amos. about yeah. Tony, yeah, mm-hmm. and basically said he'd pled guilty. And this horrible, horrible pregnant woman <laughs> was she's like, been in the a... show. She's been in the show before being horrible to another mother. I'm sure she. I've not seen her before. I'm sure she was in another episode being like really yeah. horrible and like critical to some other mother. But I anyway, she gets the paper and she's like, "He's a flaming queer. He's a homo, and you acting like butter wouldn't melt." She's bringing that filth to the rose queen in front of innocent people no place at a church festival and then patsy was like this small mindedness has no place at a church festival i thought well yeah but, mm, really because yeah <laughs> what do you mean yeah. there well, what are you trying to say I, what are you trying to say well there's a lot of talk about but, sin she talks about sodomy being a sin she did yeah well and the conversation at the table between the nuns and the midwives about the whole thing was also really really tough because i mean sister monica advocated for stoning tony which was obviously terrible and then sister Winifred stone like, no. tony but save the rats yeah exactly which i mean that dichotomy alone will just make your head spin okay then sister Winifred is like no 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 that's terrible she's like but it does say in the bible that like you know sodomy is a sin and it's like Oh my lord, ladies! And I mean, it just... to be fair to Julianne, she was amazing. Nurse Mount, will you pass the pickle lily to shut everyone up? She was like, a judge will decide, not us. <laughs> well, I think I uh, yeah yeah. I mean, as usual, Sister Julianne just opts for like grace, grace and magnanimity, or whatever that word is, um, to try and not wade in so so deep and everything. But Trixie stands up for Tony. She's like, you know, listen, like people shouldn't be punished for who they love. Like that shouldn't be a crime. I don't I don't agree with that. I mean, she has the most progressive, openly progressive opinions. <laughs> of anyone in this and actually she's somebody that stands up for um marie because so again so marie runs out of the rose queen because she gets shamed by that horrible neighbor and then tony comes back in and like uh, days later after the baby is born and he says oh i just wanted to check what time marie has to be here for the rose queen and everything and he says i won't come but i think she should be allowed to come because i don't want to take that away from her and then um P- tom says to him oh well we thought like since she just gave birth she wouldn't want to do it like we were kind of thinking that that might solve the problem basically and he was like well no she'd really still like to participate and then Trixie says 
you know, well, listen, like we love everyone, like, you know, like she can come and then someone pipes up about being a sinner and Trixie says well didn't Jesus say we should love everyone including the sinners especially the sinners and then Tom says yes especially the sinners and so that kind of vetoes he's like looking him in the face especially the sinners right (laughs) it was yeah Trixie had to basically prompt Tom because he wasn't forthcoming with that no 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 no. Tom was gonna roll over I mean he he had yeah he was not also we're missing one massive thing that happened so Tony what? actually tried to kill himself. He went into oh. the garage, ran a car. Oh, well, I need so to I need terrible. to talk about Marie's dad as well because obviously he impl- and I was thinking about this because the dad is immediately like he's not working at the garage, and I was like, you're basically cutting off your daughter and your granddaughter's means of support because yeah. But What's then I was do? thinking yeah. that actually, once it does become public knowledge, he's probably got to think about the business. But then, so it was so part of me was like he's been awful but then part of me is like I can understand it in that time and then it was just really complicated but um he oh when a dad so he his dad finds Tony and saves yeah, yeah. him he's like you've got a daughter now you need to live with your daughter she's I just, literally just given birth that minute as well yeah she just ruined her sofa um <laughs> in the parlor I loved it I loved it when um when her dad said, we're a set of Skittles. We've just got to all stay upright. I was like, ooh. Yeah, she can't live without you and I can't live without her. I cried mm-hmm. so hard at that scene. And then they show the scene of Tony meeting his daughter. And yeah. he's like, I don't know. And she's like, we've, we've just got to do it together. We just promise. And he was like, yeah, okay. And then like he meets her and I was just <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh, so. Great acting. I do have to say Richard Fleishman, great acting. Oh, great acting all around. I mean, I thought yeah. everybody was was doing a wonderful job. I mean, the thing, the thing that's so painful is you can see that the systems are the systems around everyone are creating these intractable problems, and then because that prejudice becomes internalized by you know each person in their own different way, then that makes it even worse for everyone else. I mean, Bex, to your point about the job thing, it's like, oh well, you've created a system where you know, like the, the father could be punished on his business end because he's, he supports his son or he could be just punished in general because he has a gay son-in-law. And, and then, so he fires him in an effort to offset that, but then that could also harm his like beloved daughter and son-in-law and his grandchild. I mean, it's just like the, the mind bendingness of this hatred that is so pervasive is just horrible. I mean, this was, it was just such a tough, a tough and sad sad storyline and yeah you know if someone was caught someone's husband was caught cheating with another woman no one about an island in that oh in that, and, uh, and has it this whole exactly. series yeah, yeah they talk about like oh how he steps out and it's like it, like literally no big deal i mean i bet you that woman who walked in with a newspaper and slammed marie her husband's been cheating on her for ages and it's like oh well you know like whatever i mean just par for the course you know what i mean and and it's like well you're gonna dish it out but then Oh, it's just terrible just terrible i loved um phyllis's advice which was which her mother gave her which was to find yourself a plain man he'll be eternally grateful and never stray <laughs> <laughs> <Done. So. laughs> it's good so I, uh, I edit this now uh, right now now i think we should go off that i think we should go on to the rose queen because yes. i just want to say about the fact that the rose queen Trixie and Trixie and um, Tom, we've Tom. been thinking they're not they're not suited all this, but, and no one in the world is more suited to running a rose cream than Trixie. <laughs> <laughs> this was actually their best relationship yeah. episode yet. They this was the episode where you're like, you know what? Maybe these two crazy kids are gonna make it work. You know, yeah. Because like, because he was like, oh well, I, I don't think you're gonna want to do this, and she's like, well, wait a minute, I want to support you, and I think this is a perfect thing for me to do. And then he's like, oh my goodness, and like, although did you notice he first. was delegating loads, but did you notice who was doing most of the like grunt work? Barbara. Yeah. Barbara. Oh, but, Barbara. Barbara. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And also, um, I felt like Tom was a bit frisky around Trixie. Yeah. Wait, what do you mean? <laughs> well i mean i know what you mean but like we didn't have any scenes with him like grabbing her and doing anything or anything like that i know but i just felt he was a bit like when they went off to the kitchen and left barbara sewing the banner oh we, we didn't get that scene oh, oh yeah he was that's... a bit hands it was a bit handsy jen not gonna lie speaking of hands <laughs> speaking of hands this is what i wanted to talk about very much 
So, you know, the Rose Queen scene. So it's the actual bit, the actual real ceremony. And um, Tony comes to watch in the end and his wife, who's got a very flat stomach considering she gave birth about two hours before. Um, <laughs> she but... deflated like a little balloon. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, so yeah. So well, I just thought actual... you're going to wear a white dress when you're literally wearing like, you know, full like period underpants, like in every, I mean, like. And also like... period underpants in those days, like surely it couldn't be trusted. But they're not even period underpants. Like every woman that I know has given birth talks about these like massive disposable underwear that has to catch all of the stuff that's coming out of you i'm not gonna say what like during that time after you've given birth well, and it's horrible <laughs> and you're literally gonna like like put pull one of those on or whatever and like all your stuff and then like you know i like i was just like wow a white dress and you're gonna do your hair and lipstick and everything and like go there and like try to like pull it together like i mean god bless but like i don't well, know anyway this is my problem with it so he went to watch and he said he wasn't gonna but he did and that's great right but they're like, oh, so here's the new Rose Queen, like Susan Walters, whatever her name was, I don't know. So everyone's like, Ray, woo, woo. And then they're like, and then Marie Amos, <laughs> Mrs. Marie Amos. Oh, you could hear and a pin everyone drop. Everyone just sat there, not even Trixie, not Sister Monica, not none the of them. No, no one clapped at all. A dad sat in the crowd, no one does anything. And then Tony just sat, and Patsy sat there at the back, nothing. But then Tony starts clapping, and then everyone follows suit. It's just like, why but don't that- you all start clapping at the start, you buggers? Okay, I agree with you. I completely agree with you. But that scene to me was about the fact that this this moment had to be a, a reconnection, a symbolic reconnection for Tony and Marie. You know what I mean? Like I no, felt I know, like, but it just annoyed me. Well, I mean, like, uh, yeah, I, but you could reality, have had, you, you you get why why no one else clapped first. But like I think like dramatically, like story wise, like story line like wise like for the show he like him clapping first and then patsy and then the dad and then da, 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 da. like that was the dramatic like crescendo that they had to have you know like that told I mean, the story way better i agree with jen but it's harsh that not even the nuns clapped because they're judging marie that... first yeah i totally agree with you oh also wait i didn't say this fast enough but like tom is a complete horn dog because like other episodes <laughs> in the future <laughs> <laughs> this is like a real diversion like other episodes in the future like I, there we do get a bunch of scenes where like he's always like snatching Trixie into like a hallway and like making out and then when like spoiler alert something else happens for him romantically in the future there are a bunch of scenes where like comedy ensues because of the romantic like you know smooch yeah, smooch cream on the wall. So, I mean yeah. Tom is definitely one of the more like I mean rude to say but like horny characters on the show like he's getting it you know what i'm saying well so. not as horny as, t- as uh, tony amos um <laughs> although uh, just really quick talk about tony amos really quick we've, we've got to go back to it about fred kicking him out of the cdc oh, oh. I, do, I feel for fred because i do he was like if it was down to me but it ain't you can't have a criminal record and be in the cdc yeah so i don't think it was so much the homosexuality it was the criminal record I yeah. think if he hadn't been convicted, I think Fred would have still had him in. I wish there had been something bigger in that scene, though, between the two of them, where Fred could have showed more support or understanding without just kind of like, I mean, because the thing is, Tony says it. He's like, I've got nothing else. I don't even know if I have my marriage. Like, I've lost my job. I have no friends. Like, I have, I don't, can't do anything anymore. This is all I have. You have to let me come. And he's just like, nope, sorry. Like, if it was up to me, yeah, you join. But like, no, get out of here. And then he literally just boots him out. I just thought a little more from Fred, you know, like, but then again, this is one of those things where I just feel like everyone is put in a really painful and horrible situation, regardless yeah. of what they may actually think about it. Like Fred didn't have any issue with Tony being gay, um, but yet he still had to do something like really harmful to him because of, you know, so it just, just terrible all around these horrible things people get shoved into because of this terrible system of, and also Peter running around being a tattletale because Peter was oh, the one Peter. who Yeah, I know. Peter oh Peter really irritated me this episode. I mean I know he's the point is I think job, Peter represents like... the establishment, doesn't he? And this is the opinion of well, the establishment, completely. I think, in this episode. I'm but, not, I mean, I'm Peter... not, to, not to defend him, but No, I, yeah, I mean Peter's just doing his job, but I mean at times he can be like a real Killjoy, like you know what I thought about is the other is the other episode where he like where him and Chummy have that um fight because Fred parks his car illegally and he's like chaos leads to mass destruction and like he just ends up being this real like <laughs> legal pedant about everything and it's just like ugh Peter you know what I mean like anyway but he's just doing now, his job but shall we go imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. On to the really lovely subject of dysentery. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, yeah. That yeah. leads us also to the McAvoys. So yeah. the first thing Which they things... actually have a happy ending. Thank God, Mike. Well, God. also the other thing that there's another theme in the in dysentery storyline I noticed was about um Phyllis kind of bashing heads almost with Dr. Turner and uh, Mrs. Turner, but then kind of mm. finding a great relationship in the end, like they're both trying to get the thing. I think there's a lot of brusqueness to Phyllis in this and, and a lot softened in this episode as well. Mm-hmm. But I think they've got a cheek being brusque with her because she's they're no diff- she's no different to them. No, but I don't mean that. I mean, the way Nurse Crane comes in and she's like, baby, in the surgery, like, you know, the way she's just quite... You know, opinionated and quite. She doesn't think before she speaks about some stuff. She's just very, you know. Yeah, no, I, I do don't totally get you because I've made a note that she totally won Doctor Turn around when he bought us a packet of barley sugars at the end. Exactly. Yeah, like I think it was a really, I think it was a really nice storyline to kind of get them to understand each other more, and for her to be a bit less maybe judgy that there's a baby in the surgery and stuff like that. You know, everyone's all doing it what they can to kind of for the better good of the community. Well, I'll, I'll, I would I would offer a, a flip side um, comment on that. I feel like, you know, we this is not this is not an original thought to me, obviously. But like, our greatest strength is also our greatest weakness. Like, the thing that makes us so wonderful is often usually the thing that's like can be complicated about us as well. And I feel like Phyllis, like she is harsh and she is like real tough on like rules and regulations and like all that kind of stuff like that. But then at the same time, she uses that she uses that toughness in a really amazing and positive way. Like I can't, what did I write down? Um, like well, how she dealt with this, the medical officer. Well, this is, this is, this is what I wrote down um, when she was, uh, Oh wait, it's up here. It's the dysentery part. Wait. Yeah. Oh, um, when they, so fast forward, they realized that dysentery was affecting Mrs. McAvoy. And so um Dr. Crane petitioned for help for the for the women's hostel and she really does a reverse psychology trick is what I wrote in my notes which yeah that's not a great note but like but basically yeah because she because she kind of says to the 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 counselor whatever it is like the city the city guy medical officer medical officer. yeah me- medical officer she's like oh she's like you know I really do feel for you she's like you have a tough job you know all Dr. Turner has to do is care for the sick and wounded of our community but you know you have a political agenda and like how must how difficult it must be to turn a blind eye to the the poor and suffering of our community and you know go home and sleep at night with that heaviness on your conscience you know i really do get it it's a, it's a must be devil you on a regular basis and he's like okay i'll do whatever you want and then and then she does it again after they're fumigated because she says, oh, you have a, you just had a new baby. And he's like, uh, yes, I did. And you, you can see him. You can see him being like, oh, God, where is this going to go? And she's like, well, would you feel comfortable bringing, bringing Keith back here? And he's like, well, no, but that's hardly the point. And she's like, well, I don't think it is hardly the point. She's like, you know, maybe you can find it in your, you know, something, something. And that's what gets that's what gets the McAvoy to Council House. Well, do you end. know what like, this reminded me of? That the, she's obviously Dr. Turner. Um do you remember him and Bernadette when she was still a nun? Mm. Went to this big important meeting about trying yes. to get yeah. yeah, and in order to win Doctor Turner around, you got to go into a meeting and like be a really good advocate. <laughs> well, did you did you see his eyes widen and then that look of affection that he gave Phyllis when she like totally twisted that meeting to their exactly? Oh yeah, he like really he really fell for her in that moment, big time, big time. Yeah, definitely. 
I did. I was on um, Phyllis's side when she um, chastised Dr. Turner for eating the pie as he was walking through the boarding house. We didn't get that scene. <laughs> we didn't get that he one. Was like, as they were walking out of the boarding house, he was basically eating. And she's like, how can you eat in here? It's healthy. <laughs> Next, how do you say dysentery? Dysentery. Right. So American dysentery. Dysentery, yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Uh, I don't love it. Don't love dysentery. Weird way to say it. I mean, I love the difference in the way we say oh, it. Oh, God. Um, well, also, can I just say, like, how sad was the McAvoy's, like, experience, though? I mean, we, we haven't really touched on that because we've just kind of talked about the dysentery part of it. But, like, like one, they're incredibly poor. They were promised that they were, like, the husband was pro- promised a job in, in the UK when he, or in, in England when he came, when they immigrated from Ireland. They got here. He is working, but every place they go to rent basically um, sends them away because they're Irish. And he says, and this line is very problematic, so I'm, I'm just yeah. quoting the show here, but he says, it's like we're treated like the blacks and the dogs, which terrible, 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 but that's the way he phrases it. Um, so I mean, like you know, like that prejudice and that I, I don't I don't know if it how how you'd qualify it as racism, but anyway, the biggest the bigotry is horrible there, um, and so then they're both forced into these really really terrible situations where they're living apart. They're both living in hostels, and and basically, like when they when they go to give birth to you know when Phyllis and Trixie go to give birth, help Mrs. McAvoy give birth to her baby, that boarding house was as dismal as any setting that they've had on the show so far i mean it was so yeah we should have bloody dishes horrible i know but just the whole boarding house was so horrible and run out and and disgusting it was so gross in there and so sad the fact that her underwear was made of a sack as well that's gotta be scratchy i do have to say with the irish discrimination i was quite ignorant about this i wasn't aware that it was so prevalent she mm. I was just because my family, so my mum's family are Irish. So mm-hmm. both, both are parents' sides of family. So um, I, mm. I obviously knew about it from that. And they lived like in Liverpool and Middlesbrough, but obviously it was it was bad all around. Mm. So I well, my, didn't know about it. My great-grandfather immigrated to, the, to New York um, uh, before the turn of the century, turn of last century. And so I've known about this history as well. Um, and I, I, you know, something that I think, you know, definitely those earlier generations dealt with in a really, really obvious and painful way, um, you know, but. But even like, uh, like in McAvoy, are they here on this street? And they're like, no Irish here. It's a decent street. Like just the name even like. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, also, you know, really something did make me laugh. So, you know, there's a scene where they're giving out, they're doing the nurse crane and there and sister, not sister Bernadette. Um, Sheila, she's not been mm. sister up for a good while. Um, mm. They were doing a scene about, and they were giving out soap and stuff, and they were like, "Oh, only need, only give it out to people who need it because we haven't got that many." And um, and and <laughs> and poor Mrs. McAvoy is like, um, she's like, "Oh, thank you, but we're not in need." She looked horrendous. Obviously, she did look dysentery at this time. Really haggard, didn't she? She looked yeah. absolutely awful. I just laughed out loud because I was like, "How can you look so awful?" And be like, yeah. "Yeah, we're not in need, thank you." But well, that bitchy I, mean lady, she did take a soap, Jen, didn't she? I'm sure she did. I we actually didn't get the soap scene. We got the hand washing scene. But but even so, like the I mean, the thing that's so painful is like where where is she going to wash any part of her body? I mean, the, like bathing, it doesn't seem like. Was, and and the thing that pained me was she said like because Phyllis did the examination on her, she had those burlap underwear, which yes, I mean like literally nothing has looked more torturously chafing than anything else I have ever seen. But Phyllis is like, oh, you know, the fleas, you really have to be careful of those. And she's like, oh, the boy's got a new kitten. And I thought, oh, a new kitten, okay. And then I and then it wasn't until later when they were sat outside. You, you realized she was lying. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I was very, I was, I, I own my own naivete there with that because I had no idea that she was hiding so, so, so much in like such a dark situation. Um, so yeah, that was, that was just really, really sad. Oh my God. And you know what? Can I just, can I just say the one thing? I don't know if we have another storyline to move on to, but like this episode, like it just, it just got to give a little bit of credit to Heidi Thomas and the writers of this episode for taking on these topics and these themes and being willing to go there because yeah it made I think all of us feel a lot of type of way and like very uncomfortable very conflicted like very challenged and these are the kind of like 
still to this day, very hot button issues. Um, I, you know, I'm sure maybe for international audiences, but definitely our American audience will understand, like, there's a lot of stuff happening in the US right now with, um, you know, around like issues around sexuality and things like that in, you know, state legislatures, you know, federal government, like, uh, like, just lots and lots of stuff, I won't go into it. But like, we're still dealing with these themes right now, like in 2023. And for them to like, dive into the past, which is like, like, a, like a lot of times people want to glamorize the past, but like, or, or not glamorize, romanticize it. And they really did not romanticize any of this. I mean, this was a very, like, a real tough take on a lot of this stuff. And it 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 didn't give any easy answers. It didn't make anyone... No, that's, like, basic, that's what I feel like it did well. It didn't give yeah. an easy answer. There was no right or wrong. Like, it was just all horrible. <laughs> right, right. I mean, the only kind of bright spot for me was that the the McAvoys did get like a council house which would meant like safe you know clean yeah. housing for them which was happy that was a happy outcome but at the same time even as I was like watching that I was thinking to myself okay they got lucky but like what about well, they all got the lucky women? because Phyllis made the medical officer pull in some favors right like, but how was they like going do... back into that boarding house into that yeah. into that hostel you know I mean that is a positive that they've obviously now got a home they're all together. But mm-hmm. whenever anybody goes into like in one of those new council blocks and they're all like, oh, it's so fancy. I'm like, give it 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, yeah, 20 years is, is 20 years from now problem. Like right now is what you give it 25 years and then uh, everyone will be buying them and then you won't be able to have council houses. But that's another story. Oh, so. Yeah, um, well, and no one can even live in Poplar anymore because now it's too gentrified anyway, which from what I've heard. So another anyways, modern problem. But yeah. Oh gosh, girls! Yeah, um, just another just really hot episode well. for I Sunday just, night. I know, yeah. I know, but I want to talk about um, <laughs> Doctor Watson. How um, oh, Sheila geez. actually solved the case of dysentery, finding out where it was all from, and she was all like, oh. "Elementary, my dear." I saw the end, but I was I was writing some notes. So where was it? I forget. It was some. It was a kid. It was a mobile kitchen. <gasps> oh, okay. The oh, gross. Cool. Well, did it service the school and the boarding house? Yeah. And then there was a George somebody, the lock keeper. And he'd given a talk at the school. And stayed for his lunch. <laughs> that was the genius bit for me, the fact that he stayed for his lunch. <laughs> real, real, like, real like typhoid Mary energy there. Um, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's terrible. Yikes. Gross. Now, there's another scene in this as well. So Trixie and Nurse Crane had to be quarantined because uh, they just yeah. uh, they just had done the birth of... Uh, oh, we didn't get that part either, yeah. Oh, right. Well, Mrs. McAvoy obviously had the baby, but they'd had yeah, just and she had dysentery. dysentery yeah. so they had to go into quarantine together. Don't know for how yeah. long. They seem to be popping in and they out of it. They said two but, days. Well, they didn't seem to be because they were talking to Dr. Turner and everything, having a great time. Anyway. But surely they would be loving it, having a two-day quarantine, just two days also- off. Just to- couldn't you? Just, I mean, they if they just took a big bath and everything when they got home and like really scrubbed and stuff, they probably wouldn't have caught it, right? Well, I'm presuming so, but they had to do a quarantine. No, quarantine makes sense for sure. Yeah. Um. So anyway, so Phyllis is trying to get Trixie to help her with her Spanish. So she's doing that. She's having a drink and having a bit of a um, like a read of a magazine. She's like, oh, we'll be there is for two days. The, is she already onto the Spanish at this point? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I think of her Spanish stuff coming later, but okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, so well, when she does that, Trixie goes and gets another drink, another Campari, and she was like, "Oh!" And Nurse Crane's like, "Another one," you know, because the way she's a bit brusque in this, still talking to people mm. a bit like, too much, like you know, doesn't really think before she speaks. Um, and she's like, "It helps me through a difficult day." And she's like, "Do you need that much help?" <laughs> and then Trixie's <laughs> like, "Well, bugger off! Like it's none of your business. Is there any Spanish phrase for like you know, mind your own business or whatever?" Like a bit nicer. Yeah. Um, and she was like, oh, sorry, family history caught up with me there. My auntie had a bit of an issue and stuff. But Aww. this is basically where we're starting to see Trixie really amping it up on the drinking. Yeah. Well, and if, if I if I remember correctly, uh, Nurse Crane is going to be the one that discovers Trixie when there's a really big problem. Um, yeah. And when she when she commits a really big um, infraction as a yeah. nurse with a drink. No, it definitely is, 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 yeah. Yeah, so, there, so Phyllis, I think, is a little, is a little bit like has her... Um, what's the word like uh like there's a little like twinkle or something that she's kind of recognizing that Trixie may be on a tough tough road ahead so she's watching out for it um can I just have a shout out for my notes here it says 
her brusqueness is depleting. (laughs) (laughs) I always think I'm going to make these fascinating notes. My notes are always really boring. They're just literally what happens so I don't forget. And then I try to save all my really good stuff for the conversation. I just say really stupid things like avocados, (laughs) if only they knew. Some really insightful things like that. Well, I'm not even going to bring up my, my comments on the Boer War back when I didn't know what the heck that was about. <laughs> I still don't know what it's about. Wikipedia. I know, really. Um, so wait, did we cover everybody? Did we cover all the majors? Okay. Well, uh, can I just touch on the Civil Defense Corps and the fact that Fred's preparing for nuclear war? Because I think oh. soon... I was going to be like, we're going to be back there soon. Yes, yes, We're going to have yes. to find underground toilets in Poplar to go to. Yeah, no, I, I actually did make a note about the threat of nuclear war is like starting to, is starting to really kind of get into these storylines in a major way. And it's going to become a much bigger one as we go forward. Yeah, I forgot, I forgot how big nuclear war was going to be as a thing for everybody in this time. Well, my um, husband just told me today, actually, apparently they are, the government are, are uh, preparing to send out a, a warning te- test to the, yeah on the 23rd of april yeah uh, he's really weirdly excited over it a everyone's test. gonna get everyone's gonna get like this warning alert to their phones and it's like you, have you seen those things where people prank people where they get up that youtube video where it's like this is a message from the government oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. well they're gonna like do a test run of that on our phones apparently oh on the 23rd of april who like who leaked that maybe it's not gonna happen surely they want people to know otherwise people might be like there's actually it's actually real but why are they gonna do it like what do they feel like the threat is it like a whole well maybe just because of all the stuff that's going on right now yeah oh wow okay probably just to beat us into submission a little bit more (sighs) not a good uh pandemic for a while so <laughs> oh, okay well maybe maybe we'll press pause on this and then talk about, talk about this more <laughs> offline for all of our sweet listeners who don't have to hear about existential crisis in the modern day every time they turn around <laughs> anyway oh, heroes okay. and zeros of the week Here, first oh god so many then you're going last obviously right? obviously <laughs> I, don't, I didn't think that was a question um right shall i go first bex yeah, you go first. My hero is Phyllis. Yeah. Um, for yeah. her outstanding use of barley sugars. Um, I just really loved the way that with the McAvoy boys, she was just so caring and lovely, gave them a barley sugar each, and like basically was like, here's a barley sugar, bugger off. But it was lovely. Um, and I yeah, also really liked yeah. the way that the barley sugar theme extended to Dr. Turner. Um, I just thought it was really lovely. Um, yeah. My zero of the week is that horrible bitch mom who was like, he's a queer, get him out of there. No. Yeah. Things should be going on here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Zero redeeming qualities there. Oh, she was terrible. Um, my hero of the week is going to be Patsy because it was so personal for her. And I just feel like it must have been so difficult for her to hear everybody's judgment, but keep quiet. And I just think, yeah, so Patsy's my hero of the week. Um, my zero of the week is going to be Fred because I think he could have I I do feel like Fred was in a really difficult situation but I think he could have stepped up more yep fair enough okay I'll do zero first um okay I will try to make this like brief because I know I always go off on these things but I like that I think that's one of your strengths carry on um so I'm not going to say something like as broad as just like homophobia or you know like things like that but the the laws that made it illegal for people to um practice their sexuality um adult consenting sexuality really I have to give that a huge zero because the thing is you know it's a complicated topic you know there's lots to say about it and you know we're not going to go into all of that but if if Tony had been able to just legally be who he wanted to be and who he was then how much misery would it have saved everyone everyone and the laws against that were 
one of the main drivers for why that wasn't possible. And that just is absolutely heartbreaking. And, you know, life is complicated enough. Love and relationships is complicated enough, but like people should be allowed to be with who they want to be with. And there just should not be laws that keep, again, appropriately aged consenting people doing together what they want to do. Um, So that's my zero. I hate, I hate those laws. And can I, can I just talk about these laws? Because I was wondering when it um, became legal and Mm. it was in 1967, but what amazed me and I didn't never realize that it, that law specifically refers to two men. Oh, and it was 18 as well. Oh, well, no, it was 21 at first. Yeah. Then it was 18. Then it was 16 when we were, when we were about that age. I think we were older. what, What would have happened if it was two women? Well, I think it's the law's always, as far as I can tell, it's the law's always been silent on that. It, it like the 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 act in nineteen sixty seven just referred to it had to be consensual, which I think is always a good thing. Mm. Um, had to be done in private. They had to be age twenty one, but it specifically said that it was two men, and I just think, huh, women have always been forgotten about in these things. Invisible. Yeah. Well, yeah, because well, we don't matter, right? In this time period, we don't really matter. Um, yeah. But at the so, same time, because there's no law against it, then obviously they wouldn't be arrested. It's just immoral. Well, they would have been They'd punished just be in some other. They would have been punished in some other way. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I don't. And I don't say it blithely or glibly that women don't matter. I mean, I there's there's a lot of history to unpack there, so I didn't mean that in any kind of like lighthearted or like. Careless no, no, way we knew what you meant. Yeah. 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 Um. Okay, let's have let's have it like a, a hero because oh my gosh, um. So I so keeping in our tradition of of giving our heroes to the to the midwives this week, I'm gonna give one to Trixie, because she champions, you know, the ability to like lo- like the whole like love who you want to love thing. She is, you know, she says she's like I don't have a problem with Tony hooking up with a man. I he shouldn't have been cheating on his wife, but you know who he did it with is immaterial, you know. Um, she's like, I was a beard for like a really hot doctor when I was, uh, you know, younger. And I love like, that Trixie was a beard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, very, you know, <laughs> she's like a full hag for that. But like, she was like, oh, he was a complete gentleman, much to my dismay, you know, which was a very funny line. Um, you know, she says something at the dinner table when they're all talking. She's like, people should be allowed to like be with who they want to be with, regardless of what that may mean. Um, she stands up for Marie at the Rose Queen. She just, she just has a lot of opportunities. Also- bearing in mind who she's marrying as well yeah 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 i mean i didn't see any scene between i didn't see anything between her and tom where they you know kind of brought it up between them in terms of how they thought or whatever but i don't think tom felt as forward thinking as trixie did and and yet he didn't hold her back he didn't criticize her in any way but she also really really like stuck her neck out to kind of um you know defend them and 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 be positive be you know positive for those for that couple so and what a rose queen organizer Oh, yes. Yes. Perfect. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna give Trixie the hero because she she was the champion for she that. She deserved so. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, our midwives were really stepping up this week, really doing good good work. So, you know And the nuns really let themselves down this week. Yeah, Sister Monica Joan. Ugh, I didn't even I didn't yeah, I, I got confused. I thought um, Sister Monica Joan was kind of an advocate. I thought she was kind of saying it was a bit harsh. An advocate for the rats. <laughs> Well, she was an advocate for the rats, yes. But I also <laughs> thought she was being... I didn't think she was being harsh on um, Tony. I thought she was being supportive of Tony. So I've completely got the wrong end of the stick here. Sister well, Winifred, did she? The thing yeah, is, the thing is, the thing is they're, they, none of them were as... None of them were as supportive as they could have been or maybe were even able to be considering their situation. I mean, mm. you know, Monica Joan... Yeah, I mean, she didn't do anything overtly bad, but she wasn't. She, I mean, she did make that comment about Tony being stoned, which was, I mean, yeah. in poor taste at least. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just felt like Sister Monica Joan was just like in one of her like dementia episodes for this whole this whole time. So, um, anyways, but she was full score in ten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she had she had a lot of stuff going on. So, gosh, another another jam packed episode though. My goodness, like. They always, they always managed to do it. But this was, I think this was also, I know I wasn't very well when I watched it as well. But I think this was quite a particularly bleak episode. Yeah, it was a heavy episode, wasn't it? Yeah, it's, and there wasn't like, a, a lot light of light relief, episode. was there? <laughs> no, no. And I mean, we didn't really touch on it too, too much. But I mean, Tony feeling so desperate that he 
attempted to end his life like just the I mean again the magnitude of that is is really extreme and again I know I already said it but the fact that they waded into these waters and like waded quite deep into these waters during the show and took this on in an episode I, I mean I really got to give him credit because it, it, you know it's it's tough it's a tough topic to try to dissect especially in a in a time period where it's a really really tough topic to digest you know considering and because it was just so much worse back then and um yeah they they no one no one was off the hook i mean everybody yeah. everybody was really like dangling precariously at different times in this episode no one was a complete hero no one was a complete villain it was so complicated it was so dynamic like from not just not just tony and marie storyline but the poverty storyline like you know just there was just the complexity i really got to hand it to them for that now i want to just do something really quick before we end Sure. Um, that's a bit it's not about this episode but it is about it's julie coat one of our fantastic followers listeners hello julie hey. um she was she's actually got in touch with us on social media so i just wanted to put, talk, talk to you about this because it was really interesting so you know we did the books a few uh, the book episodes a few were uh, a few episodes back on our podcast mm. um she was saying how, um, oh, she also wants to say she agrees about Phyllis. She didn't like her at first, but now she loves her. So same as all oh, of us. Yeah. Um, the club, yes. Yeah, but she's talking about the books episode and, and we had people asking about Sister Bernadette and we weren't actually sure yet because we've only read the one book. Um, but because obviously in the TV show, Sister Bernadette goes with Dr. Turner, but it didn't seem like that was the way, the case in the book. And we, we were like, well, we don't actually know because we've not read the others. Anyway, so she's got an answer for us. So thank you, Julie. She says that Sister Bernadette, on account of her disapproval of women being ordained into priesthood in the Anglican Church, left to take up vows with the Catholic Church. Um, so that's what happened to Sister Bernadette in real life. So okay. she did not want women to be ordained in... Yeah. Okay, so she... Okay, I was going to say, okay, that makes sense. Okay, wow. Yeah, so thank you, okay. Julie Coat. Thank you very much. Okay, okay. Well, and and I think we've decided we're going to read the other two books, right? So we're going to we're gonna start working on book number two now. Beck, she might want to start tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't... I was going to say to you about this because um, one of our listeners said about the James storyline as well. Yes. And I don't, I don't oh. know. I just... Because I don't think Reverend... Appleby Thornton is going to be in it. I don't think well, she's going to end up with him. I don't know if I can hear the bleakness of her story. Well, because well, I don't think she's going to get a happy ending. The thing is, Bex, the whole book is the whole book is going to be bleak. So you're just going to have to suffer through it with the rest of us and and get the information. Yeah, tough. You're doing it. It, you it, it'll pop, it, it <laughs> might be one of the less sad stories in that book, considering how the first one went. To be all, to be honest with you. <laughs> Yeah, now we've also had some comments about the adverts, and we do apologise about adverts, but please listen to them because we are we've got a plan. It's a grand plan, and that is to get the Recall the Midwife gang together, all three of us in yes. this country, and to do the Recall them not the Recall the Midwife tour. That's just going to my house and Bex's. Um, <laughs> to do the do the Call the Midwife tour, which would be amazing. Yes. Um, yes. So uh, that's our plan. Um, we've not got a lot of money in there. It's not like we're getting a lot, but please just listen to the adverts. Yeah, we might we might need to do some um you know individual personal donations as well towards our efforts. But well, we might start it... doing Patreon if you are in if you would be interested in doing Patreon. Let give us drop us a line so we know because obviously we don't want to sign up for it and then no one signs up. Um, yeah. But yeah, we just want to say thank you so much for listening as well because um, we really do appreciate okay. it. so much amazing feedback. I mean, I think this is something I should have raised not on the podcast, but if we did do the Call the Midwife tour, we can like. We can podcast if we go round. Yeah, that's that was the point. Yeah, that's what we're going to be doing. Oh right. Also, okay. we also if we all got together to do the Call the Midwife tour, we could possibly make that like a listener event as well, and say if you want to come and do the tour with us. I mean, I'm just spitballing here. You can edit this oh, out. That'd be out, amazing. But, like, but we could say, you know, if you listen to the podcast, we're going to take the tour on this day and this time. Like, if you want to take the tour with us, we can we can do that, and then maybe go for a tea after or something like that. That'd be amazing. Do you know what else would be amazing? Uh, call the midwife producers and casting directors. We are your three extra Compline nuns. <gasps> oh, I would love to be in that. <laughs> Expectant mothers as well, maybe. Like, uh, in the, in... can we do an? Can you do an accent? What? What? Ah, uh, uh, oh, look at her. Ah, oh, look at her. I heard it I on the what, wireless. Though. I heard it it's, on the wireless. 
No, you could If I'm an extra in Compline, I'm going to have to just pretend to sing because if I actually sing. <laughs> yeah. That's true. That is true. I'll sing for you. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Anywhere where we can just be like in the background, you know, like we could be like a person who's like in a coma at the hospital when they go to like do their district rounds or something. I like want to be in Compline. That's, that's, I'm aiming, I'm aiming for that. Okay. We or I'll be this. Mrs. B. <laughs> <laughs> You just rocks up with a cake. <laughs> well, ladies, I'm here. I've done it. See you later. <laughs> no, I think I think I think the, the extra nurses in compliment. I love how we're like casting ourselves now. We're like, no, I don't want to do that. I want to do this instead. Do you know the really depressing thing, Jen? When you were like, oh, we could be expectant mothers. I thought, are you, are you kidding? We'd be the bloody mums of the expectant mothers. I don't know. You're kidding yourself, are you? <laughs> in their 40s and dr turner just can't believe they actually got yeah and she's like oh my janet she's had a she's had two of them look at me my from the bride in the family way embarrassing like yeah <laughs> that's what that's us we're the oldies anyway on that note um <laughs> well listen we appreciate all of our listeners um you know putting up with the ads on our behalf and you can always skip but um you know we're doing it for for a good cause we promise and you can't appreciate skip the ads can you yeah. Uh, yeah, you can skip. Oh. Shows you how often Bex listens to the podcast. Well done, Bex. <laughs> Contrary zero to the podcast. Fun. All um, you have to do is hit the little fast forward 30 second button and you'll be right back. No, don't do that though, because then we won't get the revenue from it. So listen to the adverts if you can. Thank you. Um yeah. but yeah, just, thank just you so zone much. out, just zone out and think about something nice, you know. Or just listen to them and you know, partake. They might be amazing. Um because they're all different in whatever region you're in. So I don't get the same as the American one. Oh, is that true? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, it depends okay. where you are. All, oh, uh... I've gotten some really random, random ads. Um... Well, that just shows what Jen does in her spare time. To... <laughs> <laughs> Targeted ads. Yeah. I won't tell you what my ads were for. That'll be a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> so next week we are on uh, episode four, series four. Yeah. Yes. So um, if you want to watch along and then listen to us, that would be fantastic. And uh, we we'll see it. you there. And uh, yeah, any more comments, questions, anything you want to say to us, send them to us via email, uh, YouTube, Twitter. Oh, wait. We're doing, we're doing a listener special at the end of this season. Is that right? Yes. Okay, so I'll, do so a big, yeah. I'll do a big thing on social media about that as well. Yeah. So if you've got questions like that, like that, you know. Yeah. Send them, to, send them through to us. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so nice. much for listening. See you next week, ladies. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.